0: Um, I feel like we should address the Wayne's World episode Because we had a lot of factual errors
1: Yes, we clearly didn't do Our, re- you know, <laughs> usually Mama does her research But I mm-hmm. guess We have
0: encyclopedias one, We
1: This round, we decided to wing it
0: didn't And there were, are
1: some things that I mostly said that were incorrect Which is pretty amazing I also
0: said some incorrect things Oh, um, wow You go first
1: Okay, well, yeah. I It's John John Belushi Right? Mm-hmm. Not Jim Belushi.
0: Not Jim Belushi. We do apologize to Courtney Thorne-Smith. Sorry. Um, she deserves better. Sorry, Courtney.
1: And I also thought that Laura Flynn Boyle was the star of Men in Black, when in fact, it's Miss Linda Fiorentino. Queen. But they look and talk the same.
0: So I think... Well, speaking...
1: Yeah. I think that that's fair. Yes.
0: Speaking of people who look and talk the same, I confused... Brian Doyle Murray with Joel Murray on the episode of Mad Men where Joel Murray pisses himself, <laughs> um, and I realized so I like looked up a picture of Brian Doyle Murray now and I was like, oh, he was like four hundred years old. That's Joel. That's Murray. That's not
1: the same person.
0: Not the same person. Not the same person. But unless an they filmed episode the episode of Mad in Man. the sixties. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy that they're like other. It's like there's a whole like Murray verse, like the the Baldwin siblings. I know. I don't feel like we talk about that enough. I feel like we always talk about the Baldwin brothers and how like it's all like a bunch of who's and then the them of Alec Baldwin, but it's like Bill Murray also has a bunch of weird acting brothers.
1: Yeah, I guess it's because they're not as like famous on their own.
0: Yeah, you know they're both character actors, right?
1: And then you know the, and then a... of course you got the Culkin siblings.
0: Oh yes, it's crazy how history is the the just. Who is it on Succession? Rory it's, Culkin. Uh, he's in the big probably Culkin. the most
1: famous Culkin now.
0: Oh, yeah. He's taken over. Sorry, Macaulay. Isn't Macaulay... Macaulay and Brenda Song are together. Yeah. Right? And he was with Mila right? Kunis for years, too. He Ins- So there was this night in Austin. I think it was like 2015, 2016, or whatever. Or I guess... I don't know. When, was, when did Disclosure pop off? Like 2016? 2012, I guess so. girl. It was a while 2012, ago. 2012. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. 13, it, there was yeah. a night. Um, there was a night where Disclosure played at Stubbs, Ooh. Darkside played at emos Emos, and then Macaulay Culkin's band, The Pizza Underground, oh, played yeah. at some food trailer on Riverside. And it's like, man, that's an iconic night of Austin music.
1: Yeah, remember when Austin had live music? Because after yeah. this pandemic, it's not going to exist anymore.
0: It's not going to exist anymore. Um, I think I'll have, like, announced this whenever this comes out, but I love that the fact that my um, wedding venue, I'm going to go see Primus there beforehand. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And out came talk. 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 (laughs) Welcome. Uh, welcome to Straight People Movies. It's the podcast where we two gays get together. We watch a movie made for straight people and we ask the eternal, ever-loving, long-lasting question, why? 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 And specifically with this movie, this why is both the beginning and the end. Why?
1: Yeah, it's like a what, who, when, where, why, bitch.
0: Mm. <laughs> it's a uh, what the bleep do we know, bitch?
1: Oh my goodness
0: gracious! Did you ever see that movie? It fucking sucks. What was that documentary? No,
1: I remembered seeing like it like on Letterbox though.
0: Yeah, it's uh, boring. I, I I it came out when I was like thirteen, and I like read about it in People magazine, and I watched it, and I was like, "This is stupid. <laughs> why is Marley Matlin telling me about quantum fi- mechanics?" Oh my god. It was wild. But we're not talking about that movie. Also, we're not even talking about movies yet because we had to introduce ourselves. Hi, my name is Dylan Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. That's us. We're here. Yeah. We're the host. We're the gays. Movies. We're, here. Yeah, we're gay. Movies. We're like Joey um, J. We're gay, bitch. We're <laughs> I can't believe Joey J. was the first gay drag queen on RuPaul's Drag Race. I know. Iconic. The bravery. Iconic. <laughs> uh, he looks like pink, but he's so fucking hot. He's very Aww. cute. I'm not really his... into the
1: Twinkie thing, but I would take a bite.
0: Same. Oh, yeah. His weird little um, like math tattoo he has on his shoulder. Cute. We love math. Um, we, love we don't math. know it, but we love it. We don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm in, um, like a coding boot camp right now, and I can't do math, but I can program something that does math for me. Cute. It's fun. Um, we did a series. Does it count as a miniseries if it's just like a, a two movies?
1: Yeah, it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. Yeah, yeah it's a two-parter. We thought it'd be
0: fun. Um, we don't talk about ourselves enough, so we right. decided we that we should talk about ourselves. We're just so
1: giving, and we're like we're always concentrating Truly. on other people, and we're never talking about ourselves ever in our opinions. So
0: we are two copies of the giving tree sitting right next to each other. We're two stumps. It's, we're just waiting for people to sit on us, right. sit on our faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. With this, we decided to go interior, and we are talking about some of our favorite straight people movies. Last week, we discussed one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Wayne's World, and this week, we are talking about truly a a staple uh, in the straight people movies canon. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. (laughs) We're talking, of course, about Donnie Darko. Oh,
1: Yeah. Oh baby. Oh, you One know of it. Kirk's favorites. You already know it. I feel like you could You already know. You, you could like look at a picture of me on Instagram and and think that guy probably likes Donnie Darko. And guess yeah. what? It's true. I do. I You're love You're not him.
0: wrong. You would win the prize. You would win first place. <laughs> Um this was a very interesting comparison piece with Wayne's World. I actually think they have a lot in common. Sort of, yeah. Weirdly enough, yeah. They're both these um uh, very specific time periods, kind of a, around the same time. Uh they both have very uh it's also similar with Forrest Gump, honestly. We've had like three movies in a row that have very like in your face uh music drops. Mm-hmm. Um, but of three different time periods, of course. Um, and then finally, like I think this movie and Wayne's World plays with time. Interestingly, they
1: do. They do they play do, with yeah. time.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas Wayne's or Donnie Darko has an ending that's also a beginning. Uh, Wayne's World has three different endings.
1: And there you did and it. it. And that's that just like you know, that's your choice right there. What's your cup of tea?
0: What's your cup of tea? Do you like a circle or do you like a like a fork? <laughs> you like a pit? You're like a trident? That was actually that was a really astute, Dylan. Thank you. Yeah, I liked that. felt nice. Um, I won't say my opinions about it, but I will say that my opinion about this movie changed from the first time I watched it. Interesting.
1: Okay, because I know we've discussed the movie before, and you've Mm -hmm. lovingly clowned me for being such a fan (laughs) of this movie. Um, and I think that I think that makes sense, though, especially in our movie club. I feel like where we we have a lot of similar opinions about movies, but where we diverge is usually mm-hmm. stuff like Donnie Darko.
0: Yeah. It's, um, I think the closest like analog in like movies that I love is like Annihilation with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's so funny. Cause yeah. I feel like Annihilation, Donnie Darko, like share DNA sort of, but like, I don't care mm-hmm. for Annihilation, but I, yeah, I want to re- rewatch it though.
0: I do. It's. I think they're, they're both movies that like have very, very, very devoted fan bases.
1: Exactly. I think that, I, well we'll, well, we'll get into we'll get We're into, into like why I think I love this movie so much. But okay. I am curious, like so general feelings. What was your feeling the first time you watched it, and what changed to now?
0: I mean, the first time I watched it, I think I watched it the same way that a lot of people watch it, which is like, girl, you got to watch this movie. Donnie Darko will fucking blow your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. you are seen a fucking movie before, not anymore, bitch. And then i I watched it, and I was like, oh, okay the end is the beginning is the end. Like, girl, I listened to Smashing Pumpkins. Like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I think it was, it's a movie that definitely the cult around it was more annoying than the movie itself. I could see that. I think I conflated the two. And I think now that I'm, we're further removed from like, uh, let me say that. Let me get this. Let me say this. The cult of Donnie Darko is way less annoying than like the cult of the Sopranos. Right. Where it's like, shut the fuck up and watch another TV show. Jesus Christ.
1: Right. I think that maybe why it's less annoying is because at least with Donnie Darko fans, it's probably like they get into Donnie Darko. The next step, Lynch, you know, next step. Yes. Like surrealist movies. Like it's like a jumping board for mm-hmm. weird movies, quote unquote. Um yes. While The Sopranos, it's like, have you ever seen another TV show
0: ever? No. You haven't. Just, just watching the show. It's... They're there. You're yeah. watching this on HBO Max, it, which has the TV. It was shows. Like the
1: beginning of the golden age of television, and there's all sorts of stuff that's come out since then. It's kind of like being like I'm really into like Frank Sinatra, but I won't listen to anything
0: <laughs> after. It's like, Mama, TV has changed. Yeah, it's just I just hate Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I just that's all. Really hate Twitter. T- and the Twitter is the worst. Um, if it's fine. Um, do you, let's let's before we get into the movie, let's uh let's. Do the plot description. Well, who was... Do- get, get us set up. All right, I will. Roll. You know I Put will. Put the baseball on the tee. All right, everybody. We're so playing tee ball.
1: Today, we're discussing Donnie Darko, the 2001 film directed by Mr. Richard Kelly, and starring Woo. Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Maggie Gyllenhaal, James Duvall.
0: Yes, Queen. Yes, 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 yes,
1: yes, Drew Barrymore, Mary McDonald, Beth Grant, bitch, mama, Noah Weil, and Patrick Swayze, and plot description donnie darko follows the titular character played by jake Gyllenhaal, who is seeing visions of a man in a bunny suit telling him the world will end in 28 days 6 hours 42 minutes and 12 seconds after a jet engine crashes into his house things get weird donnie dates jenna malone floods his school reads a book about time travel and calls patrick swayze the antichrist on halloween the world ends
0: sort of Q. mad world I'm going to drop that vine about 400 times in this episode. All around me are familiar faces
1: worn out.
0: <laughs> oh, so good. What a song, baby. I like the original Tears for Fears. It's like upbeat. It's yeah, I it's love Tears for Fears. I mean, she obviously, role.
1: a lot of the... Uh, these 80s bands that I like, it's because of this movie. Um, Oh, the
0: soundtrack in the movie is so fucking good. It's
1: really good, and I love the cover in the movie a lot, but I I own the Tears for Fears album that Mad World is on. It's such a great, great song. Um, All right. So, Donnie Darko. um, I guess... I (laughs) Okay. Let's start with, like, how I guess I got introduced to the movie and why it's a a fave of mine. I, um... Like, mini-movies I got into. I was uh, privileged enough to have parents that had all the movie channels growing up. So we had HBO. We had Stars, We had Encore, bitch. Encore. Mm. Does anyone remember Encore?
0: Encore Loki had good shit, though.
1: They had some good shit. And it was one of those movies where it's like, I would not be able to sleep sometimes, and I would just, like, go into my living room and stay up late and, like, watch movies. And I'm pretty sure Donnie Darko was one of those movies where... It, I think I started it maybe like 15, 20 minutes in as happened a lot before streaming. Um, and I remember I was on like HBO or whatever. And I saw the the description, the plot description on the info. And it said, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a demonic bunny rabbit. And I went, <laughs> I was like probably 12 or 13 years old. And I was like, uh, we're fucking doing it. Sign me up. Sign me up. I watched the movie. I totally didn't get it. It was one of those things where I definitely like. I think I hated it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Mom, you have to watch this movie with me. It makes no sense." And then we watched it together, and I ended up liking it a little bit more. And then I showed like a friend, and it was just like, I think it's it's a similar trajectory for this movie. I think for a lot of people, it's just a movie you want to show people because you're like, "Do mm-hmm. you fucking get this movie?" Because I don't fucking get this movie. <laughs> uh, but Jake Gyllenhaal is hot in it, and it's yeah, it's he cool. Is. So. Um, And it just ended up kind of, like, spiraling. And after a while, I've probably seen this movie about 30 times in my life. (laughs) Hell yeah. Now, I've seen the director's cut more than the original. Um, Interesting. I bought the director's cut, God, probably when I was, like, 15 years old on DVD. And ended up enjoying it more, which is actually in the Donnie Darko cult fandom. Um, Kind of blasphemy. Uh, Most people don't like the director's cut. Um, But that's the one I'm most familiar with. So I I watched the theatrical cut today for this episode since that's the one most people are familiar with and man it was it weird for me because I was like I <laughs> there are so many things different about this version of the movie that everyone this is the one everyone knows and girl we'll get into it but it's way different still loved it okay. though
0: still love it yeah I uh, posted on my Instagram story that I was watching Donnie Darko I just put the, a film by Richard Kelly and then the, uh, Demi Lovato's cover of Mad World from her new album oh, is more Which is You know that's
1: how she discovered that song too Is because of Donnie Darko Oh 100%. She's like our age So you know it's canon
0: <laughs> Oh Demi Lovato um, But people commented Or like responded And were like Are you watching the director's cut And I was like no And they were like good
1: uh, That's so funny Because <laughs> I really like the director's cut a lot But
0: Okay what's the difference There's like, What changes I mean we can get into it
1: There's so many differences First of all Okay it's way lo- It's like way longer. I think there's like nope. twenty. Yeah, you're like I'm. No, I'm good. Uh, there's like twenty more minutes of the movie. I would say, and I would say that the biggest difference is the tone is a little different. I feel okay. like the director's cut reads more science fictiony and reads more ensemble movie. Like the side characters have way more screen time in the director's cut, especially Drew Barrymore's teacher character. And I feel like, for me, why I like it better is because I, I feel like it makes more sense. Like, the movie becomes less about, like, oh, it's, like, a troubled, angsty teenager. And this is, like, a metaphor for, like, how fucking angsty he is. And it becomes more of, like, oh, this is, like, a comic booky, science fiction-y, kind of, like, almost, like, hero origin story or something. Okay. And all the characters feel, like, a little bit more, like, it just has a more comic book feel to it. And I feel like the tone of the movie, since it is very strange reads better oh, the to the tone me. is insane in reads movie. better to me in the director's cut in this version it definitely gets into the like oh this is just like i found myself rolling my eyes at certain parts of the movie in this theatrical cut because i was like i was like oh this seems so good in the director's cut but it feels so <laughs> like silly in this version um and the movie felt rushed to me obviously because it's like yeah way shorter um and the music the music is different that's the biggest like, glaring difference. The beginning scene where he's riding his bike is not to echo in the bunny men. It is Ugh. to in excesses no, sorry, yeah, in excesses uh, never tear us apart, which is a great song. And it
0: works No, I need Echo in the Bunny Man. No, no, no.
1: But Dylan, I'm telling you, it works so much better, in my opinion, okay. because the tone feels more like, oh, this movie's meant to be kind of like funny. And I think yeah. the funniness of the movie it is lost a little in the theatrical cut. Like, you're almost like, is this meant to be funny? Or is this just oh, bad yeah. writing?
0: You know? Like, whenever, like, shit made me... The movie made me laugh a lot. I feel like it, that was such a big whiplash in tone is whenever, like, I would be, like, laughing at actual what I think are jokes. <laughs> and, like, it's bad. I think the first time I laughed in the movie is whenever uh, Drew Barrymore just, like, dunks on that student for, like, not reading the short story. So and, good. And I was like, oh. So it's like, okay, this is... Okay, all right, this movie. Um, and, yeah, so I'm interested to see that it's, like funnier because like with that kind of with the killing moon starting it's like this movie is gonna be a ooky spooky halloween movie
1: that's the my issue with it i think it sets the tone of like oh this is gonna be a moody like serious movie yeah. but the director's cut uh, and we'll talk about southland tales in a little bit but it <sighs> it gives you more of that like oh this is meant to be kind of like funny and weird and kind of like like it's not—it's not taking itself so seriously, and I feel okay. like the theatrical cut feels a little like self-serious. Um, and I could see why people would maybe not vibe with the movie because of that. Uh, yeah, but it's weird. People love people love the theatrical cut. I think they like it. They like the spooky ooky
0: vibes. <laughs> I feel like, look, it's a spooky movie. You know, it's, sp- it's spooky. Yeah,
1: it is spooky. And I mean, Frank's terrifying looking. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be real. it's it's interesting i have not really seen a compelling argument for why the theatrical cut's better than than just that people are really precious about the theatrical cut you know like people just really like it a lot and it's the first version they saw and they like hold on to it Mm -hmm. and i'm in the huge minority so anyone Mm -hmm. out there that's like a donnie darko stan like me and loves the director's cut uh, as much as i do like let me know bitch We'll discuss, of it. Of the pod. we'll discuss it bitch but anyway <laughs> all right <laughs> that's I, I don't want to bog down the lister too much with my uh my uh, fandom it's <laughs> yeah yikes
0: pretty embarrassing it's all right uh. <laughs> you're good look we all have director's cuts that we love and mine is margaret oh my god um, although the the Consensus is the director's cut is the, is the best version of that movie. Well, and
1: typically, that's usually what people think. And I think it's interesting yeah. that people don't like the Donnie Darko one because Richard Kelly obviously prefers the director's cut, but also <laughs> a lot of people might agree that Richard Kelly needs to be stopped at all costs. So.
0: Yes, he does. Um, okay. We will get to him in a minute. <laughs> My enemy. Um, I thought it was... Okay, so I, cu- I think I cut it out of last week's episode, but I referenced a song called the Wichita Lineman where he goes, I, I love you. I need you more than love you. And I need you for all time. That's kind of how I feel about this movie where it's like, I liked it more than I loved it, but I like it yeah. for all time. I think once I, the things that made me mad about the movie the most are the ones where it's like, Oh, this is just trying to be twin peaks. This is just trying to be David Lynch, but it's fundamentally misunderstanding what David Lynch is doing. Um like with the surrealism and with the kind of pastiche of Americana and the idea, I mean like in Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks of course, but like Americana, Suburbia, it's actually darker than you think. <laughs> right. Um whereas he's the only person that like can understand dreams and show dreams correctly. Whereas everyone else, when they try to do anything dreamlike, it falls apart immediately. And I think a lot of the times, like a lot of like, whenever it got into sci-fi of the movie, like whenever the fucking, the remember the old, I think it was like Capri Sun ads. They drink a Capri Sun and then turn into like liquid liquid mercury. That is totally what that looks like. like, Yeah. Whenever they (laughs) drink Capri Sun in the movie, um, I was like, Oh, this is just stupid. (laughs) Uh but I kind of I liked what it was I liked I like that it was whenever it wasn't trying to be hardcore lynch I was like oh I kind of like per like that he was trying to make his own version of lynch I was interested in that I think just whenever he tries to go to in the deep end of the movie is where it falls apart whenever he stops with being Richard Kelly and tries to be David Lynch that's whenever it stops right interesting Yeah um and I think a lot of girl i love drew barrymore Uh so much but mama please don't mean this movie yeah (laughs) i think she's so bad in this movie Uh,
1: you know it's funny i always found her character kind of like uh, when i was younger i thought she kind of stuck out a little bit because it's like what is the point of this woman but i will say again in the director's cut her character's fleshed out more, and she becomes more of, like, a... You know how, like, Noah Wiles, like, science teacher character, kind of, like, takes yeah. Donnie under his wing? She's more, mm-hmm. like, that in the director's cut. So it makes... Okay. Their whole, like, they're in a relationship, and they're both, like, these, like, figures, English and science, you know, like, you get into that, okay. that stuff. Like, kind of taking Donnie under... Her wing, actually, after they uh, ban Graham Greene's The Destructors, um, she teaches Watership Down. That scene Down. is so
0: good. Oh, it's so good. Oh, hell yeah. But she
1: teaches Watership Down to the class. And I feel like the Watership Down metaphor works really well in the film. Yada, yada, yada. I love it. Yeah. But I, I do, think I would
0: like this movie. I usually don't like it whenever shit is explained to me. But I think I would like it more explained. I, I, I'm kind of interested to watch the director's cut now because I want to see, like, it be more explained yeah because whenever in this whenever it's like not explained whenever shit just happens i'm like oh okay well i can just like disregard this because it's like if it comes to me with no like backbone then i can just it doesn't matter then totally if anything can happen nothing can happen basically and that's
1: why i prefer the director's cut because they show like chapters of like the time travel book in it and there's more like voiceovers from frank telling him what to do and it just feels like everything's more connected Rather yeah. than like a, a series of disparate moments. Like like for example, like when Charita Chin and him have that like little moment where he like tries to like tell her like things are going to be okay and she like runs off. The movie's tone is very like, oh, this is a powerful moment, but it totally doesn't work in the theatrical mm-hmm. cut because they haven't built the relationship between no. Donnie and Charita at all. So it's like, and and the same thing with like Drew Barrymore getting fired. It's like, I, so what? She got fired. I don't care.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like it blow. It hits a lot more in the director's cut. So yeah, okay. I I don't want to keep just going on and on about the director's cut. That was exactly the opposite <laughs> of what I wanted to do. But if anyone is curious about the movie and maybe didn't like love it too much the first time, but have always wanted to revisit it because you're like, oh, like something about it. I want I want to get it. You know, I want to like it. Um, I feel like maybe the director's cut would be the answer. Maybe that's the thing is like Donnie Darko fans like love the theatrical cut. And then the rest of us are just like, nah, we need this shit spelled out, girl. Like, yeah, I need that, you know? So yeah. Um, but I guess you can't talk about this movie too much without talking about Mm -hmm. Mr. Richard Kelly, the writer director of the movie who who has been called like a Christopher Nolan that never got the budget? And I would like agree with that statement because I think that he makes as poor of and bad choices as Nolan does.
0: What? You know what I mean? <laughs> um I think he's kind of the opposite of Christopher Nolan, the equal but opposite, the absolute value of Christopher Nolan or Christopher Nolan is the absolute value of Richard Kelly. And that they're just so heady and so kind of obsessed with the machinations of a movie. Like, the only other Richard Kelly movie I've seen, and granted, there's only three of them, is The Box, which is what a just a woof of a movie. Although, if you're listening to Richard Kelly, first of all, I'm so sorry I was so mean to you in the past. And also, please release the fucking score. Yes. Arcade Fire in 2007. Iconic. Making a score to a movie to a horror movie starring Cameron Diaz. I need it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I could vibe with the argument. I like him because I think he's an interesting filmmaker, even though none of his movies outside of Donnie Darko, in my opinion, are good. Um, oh. But I will say that he's an interesting director to talk about. Like, Southland Tales is one of those movies where it's more fun to talk about the movie than it is to actually watch the
0: thing. I was actually going to watch it today just to have something to talk about as well. But it was like not streaming anywhere. And I was like, I am not spending $3 to watch I, this. I was like, do I take it out of the ad money that we have? I
1: own the Blu-ray of Southland Tales. And I, and I haven't watched it yet. But it has the can, the notorious can cut on it.
0: Oh, Lord. Did, how long did people boo it? Didn't, like, people, it like, freak apparently out had can. the
1: worst reception to a movie it can of any movie of all time um it was booed and apparently the original cut is like three and a half hours long and it has it's like it's kind of like the donny ducker director's cut where it's like it's very expansive it like gets more into the machinations of like what's going on in the movie and apparently a lot of the reviews for it were like yeah i mean you know it's like everyone's opinions and some people love southland tales but i think most people are Mm -hmm. more like what a movie. You know, like, it's like, what a fuck. It's like, if there's one that you can give Richard Kelly, it's his movies are memorable.
0: <laughs> is, it, um, is it Straight Mother? It's Straight Mother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you've seen the movie, right? No, that's the one I haven't seen. It's
1: a movie about The Rock plays a, like, guy trying to make a movie with Sarah Michelle Geller, and Sean William Scott plays a cop. And then Amy Poehler's in it, and Mandy Moore's in it, and yeah, and Justin Timberlake is the narrator, and it's like a movie set <laughs> in two thousand six, except it's like after the world like went through like a nuclear catastrophe. <laughs> Question mark. It's Did you weird. see
0: that tweet? I see that tweet that was going viral around recently that was, like, what's a movie that you feel is evil and not in terms of, like, tone or, like, portrayal of anything, but just, like, release a dark energy into the world? I feel like this movie is evil, just yeah. from your description of it. Yeah,
1: it's evil, and, and what's really weird about about it, watching it now, is that it's, like, very obsessed with the whole, like, MTV, like reality show aesthetic so it's a weird time capsule for like 2000s culture i'd actually say that southland tales might be one of the most 2000s movies i've ever seen
0: well you know i love mtv's the challenge which hit its peak in 2006 you should Uh, i think you so now i have to watch. i don't think you
1: would be mad after watching the movie i feel like you'd be like i could see you disliking it but it's like it's fun if you dislike it it would be fun to dislike it it's like not like a movie where like you watch it and you're like, that was a waste of my time. You're like, damn, that was a fucking experience. That was all right. Bad.
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I, am I would, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Well, maybe we'll do a bonus episode on Southland tales. because yeah. I don't think that qualifies. No, as it's not gay movie. at all. None
1: of his movies are yeah. gay.
0: No, no. Um, he is doing a Rod Serling that biopic next, um, which I put in our notes, get a job, stay away from her. Uh, cause Rod Serling is iconic. Um, and if you haven't watched all Twilight Zones, uh, stop the pod, just go, let's watch any of them. Cause it's just like, literally any is of them. he
1: even going to like do a normal biopic or is it going to be some sort of like weird surreal thing? I mean, based <laughs> on his be work, like, it's like probably.
0: If it's going to be like half a biopic, but if it's going to be like portrayed like an episode of the Twilight Zone, like I'm just so, I, I'm already tired. I'm thinking about the possibilities and I'm exhausted. Honestly, I love
1: Donnie Darko and I already have a headache as we're talking about it.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of movie. It is a lot of movie, isn't it? It's a lot of movie but, in but one. But the
1: thing is is like the thing I wanna give him credit for is he knows how to have fun with because it it's like I think the biggest misconception about Donnie Darko, and we already kind of mentioned it, is when people think about it, they're like, Oh, it's this like super mind fucky angsty no. movie. But it's a really funny movie and it's got some really yes. great lines
0: in it. hmm I think it just has a weird tone balance problem. Especially in the theatrical cut, it seems like. And I think people mistake a a tone imbalance as something that's like, whoa, this movie's fucking weird. Like, one time it's funny, and the next thing there's shit coming out of them where it's like, they think the bug is a feature. Right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think that... It's so hard for me to talk
1: about this movie because it's, like, so dear to my heart that it's, like, I Mm -hmm. see the issues and I see that there's things wrong with it, but I just don't care. I'm, like, I love it, though. Yeah. Um, Because it's, like, yeah, I would say that, like, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, he's probably the hottest person to ever exist of all time. Yes. Yes, Um, ma'am. And he's very hot in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. and he was probably my first crush ever which is probably why I've dated a bunch of troubled men throughout my life <laughs> you
0: dated a lot of Halls. I've dated a lot of Gyllenhaals I've dated a lot, Gyllenhaals and, a, lot, did a lot of Dutch men you know
1: but it's like I will say that some of his acting in the movie it's like it works because that's what he was asked to do but it comes across as an adult a little like Ugh. yeah like when he like when Frank tells him the world's to in he's just like why and it's just like it's so it's like edgy for like no reason or like when he like stabs like Frank's eye with a knife like scenes like that read mm. a little like ooh this is kind of cringy like it's like a little too much.
0: Like his like voice in therapy, except for whenever he starts to try to jerk off, uh, it's all so silly. Oh yeah, so silly.
1: it's so funny because isn't that the woman that plays the girl in The Graduate that plays e- the therapist? Ew. I think it is and it's just like how uh, did they get her to do this movie
0: truly well same thing it was, it was like everyone who's popping was like Drew Barrymore popping off at this time uh, I'm pretty sure Noah Wiley was still in on ER at this time Patrick Swayze huge
1: yeah he got quite deal well Drew Barrymore's production company is what financed the mm-hmm. movie and that's how she got involved in it she kind of like spearheaded yeah. the whole movie getting made period.
0: Her taste is really interesting because, like, the only movie she's directed so far is Whip It, which is, like, one of my favorite movies of the 2000s. So fun. It's an incredible movie. Such a fun movie. Love a good Austin movie. Um, And – but then she, like – her show right now is like, girl, that's Lynchian. Yeah, girl. Richard Kelly used to watch the Drew Barrymore and show and be like, oh, this is this is in an Empire, dude. I've watched a couple <laughs> clips from the
1: Drew Barrymore show and I I love her and I just I'm like, what is going on? This is like the most bizarre talk show, and it's so funny because she had like Demi Lovato on actually, full circle recently, mm-hmm. and they talked about like her documentary and about like, and Drew was like, I've dealt with the same things as you, and I was like, oh, t like you know, like Drew's not really talked a lot about when she was like doing drugs when she was a kid in Hollywood and then she didn't even like extrapolate on it at all. And it all feels like you're watching (laughs) interviews where she just goes, Oh my God. Like I love you so much. And she like, they don't actually talk about anything. It's so weird. They don't talk about anything.
0: It's, like, real between the two ferns. Like, it's, like, psychotic. I, it makes no sense.
1: I, like, watched, like, her and Lucy Lou and Cameron talk, and it was just them being, like, oh, my God, when was the last time we talked? Like, I think it was, like, <laughs> literally for eight minutes, we're, like, when was the last time we talked? I think it was then. No, it was then. Oh, my God, no, it was then. And I'm, like, girl, <laughs> like,
0: move on. Like, I... Y'all are plugging something. What are you plugging right now? It's, yeah. She is weird. Um, and I think around this time, you know, she
1: was doing Charlie's Angels, and she kind of had this more, like... Badass chick like rebellious attitude so it kind of makes sense that she did a movie like this um, and would want to like you know finance a movie like this because I think she's like kind of in her like arty edgy phase let's
0: see I'm trying to think of movies what's the hottest Jake Gyllenhaal's been in
1: I think he's very hot in this and he's very hot in Brokeback obviously
0: so hot in Brokeback so hot in Jarhead so
1: Jarhead Jarhead Jarhead. it's jarhead. Jarhead Oh, God. my God. That scene where he's, like, drunk and he's, like, naked and they show his ass. Oh, my. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. Go he's so Hard.
1: hot. I remember that, like, I had a friend that was, like, in the business in L.A. And he Ooh. swore up and down that there's rumors that Jake John Hall's like, secretly gay. And I was like, <laughs> don't. You can't say shit like that
0: to You people. can't do that to me. That's you fucked cannot. up. That's rude. That's actual homophobia.
1: And he's not.
0: He's, He's not. not. He's not gay. He's not. He's cute. He's, He's very a, ever, cute. Very cute. Did you ever um listen to that podcast mystery show? No. What is that? Highly suggest. There are only six episodes. You can binge it in a day if you're road tripping anywhere. soon, I highly suggest it. But it's this. Uh, this is a reporter named Starly Kine who does. Uh, she like <clears throat> investigates things that are ungoogleable, basically, and so like she did this episode that's incredibly good if you're into the if you're into the media circus of britney spears and you're like oh this feels exploitative may I introduce you to the britney spears episode of mystery show because the mystery of britney spears that she is solving is this author who had this book that no one read that sold really poorly that didn't even get reviewed or anything britney was seen reading it and Starly goes starley goes to discover how she found that book and started reading it and what she thought about it so she like goes through every step of getting in contact with Britney Spears. I don't want to spoil what happens, but it's incredible. It's okay. The be- but but I say that because the final episode of it, it got um, it was a Gimlet media show and got ceremoniously canceled after six episodes, which is so upsetting because it was truly one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. But the last episode is them trying to figure out how tall Jake Gyllenhaal is because no one could figure it out. And every time he'd talk about it, he would say a different number um and it's hilarious it's a beautiful episode it's
1: weird he like reads five nine five Mm -hmm. ten but then it's like i think that he's actually taller than that
0: yeah he's like five eleven and a half so weird so weird, yeah. Um, he's such a he's a weirdo. He, <laughs> he is.
1: Doesn't... i watched interviews with him, and he's got a very strange personality. Both the
0: Gyllenhaals Halls are a little they're a little loopy. I love
1: it. Yeah, it's really fun that Maggie and Jake are both in this movie. I think it's the only movie they've been in together, and obviously Crazy. they play brother and sister really well. And and who can't? I mean, I don't care if you don't like this movie. Who doesn't love that opening scene?
0: Oh, it's so good. It's you fuck
1: so <laughs> funny, and I think it really sets the. And here's another thing, again, director's cut, but I feel like the whole, like, Reagan, Dukakis, Bush, like, backdrop of the movie makes mm. more sense in the director's cut. It's just kind of there in yeah. the, the theatrical cut, but, like, the whole, like, election and all that stuff, like, in the background, I feel like is very, like, important to, like, what's going on in the movie, um, but yeah. I love that fight at the beginning. Fuck ass. I mean.
0: Fuck ass. Beautiful. You know? You know what I do appreciate about this movie? Is that I feel like movies that take place in the 80s or like any other time period. I, oh, specifically the 80s, just for this example. I feel like um, movies that start, take place in the 80s, it's like opening with like girls just want to have fun. And then someone comes out in like leg warmers and then like a big coat. It's like, and then everything looks, is that like Memphis furniture? Like it's the most like 80s looking oh, thing where this movie takes a minute. Glow, aren't you? Uh, Yes Um, But everything It took me a while to realize that this took place in the 80s And I was like that's what I like Because like not everyone dressed like Side ponytail and you know Max Headroom There's not the the difference between Now and then Is smaller than you think
1: Totally and what's weird about the movie too And I'm about to I never thought I would do this But I'm about to compare Donnie Darko to Mariah Carey's Glitter Um, (laughs) Yeah But it's really interesting <laughs> that the the both so, so both of these movies came out in two thousand one, okay. Uh huh. And Mariah cited recently, I think in her book or in an interview, that she thinks the reason one of the reasons why Glitter failed was because it's set in the eighties, and she's like people were not ready for eighties nostalgia yet, and they couldn't mm-hmm. even recognize it as nostalgia yet because it was so it wasn't yeah. that long ago. Um, and Johnny Darko did the same thing. It's a movie set in the 80s, 1988. So it was literally only 13 years ago when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Girl, 13 years ago was 2008. Yeah.
0: The only difference between now and then is that we were listening to a bunch of yay and our iPhones were smaller. Right.
1: And it's like, so to us, it's like, oh, 2008? Like, okay, maybe a shaggy haircut or two. But there's not that much of a difference. So it's like, if no. someone made a movie set in 2008 right now, we'd probably find it a little off. Like, we'd be like, well. Oh, what is 2008's aesthetic anyway? It's not been long enough for us to figure that out. Yeah. So it's like, that's what's so cool about Danny Darko is that it, it does the eighties in a way that feels more real to me. It's not trying so hard to like be like eighties, eighties, eighties. It's like, you got the music, you got the, the hairstyles are there. And the general vibe too is there, you know, mm-hmm. from Drew Barrymore's more like bookish liberal character to like Beth Grant's Kitty Farmer, who is just like the yes. gym teacher from hell. And, <laughs> and, you know, outside of maybe like Grody was used in the movie and like Rad, it's like a lot of the talking is not very 80s, but it's in there and it's subtle and it, it feels yeah. real. It's kind of like Ladybird, how Ladybird was set in the early 2000s, but it didn't really like be like, it wasn't like, it's the early 2000s, like every second.
0: Yeah, Lady Bird wasn't like we're gonna go see the Strokes and then we're gonna go to a nine eleven museum. Like it wasn't like that,
1: right? Exactly. It's like they had and what I liked actually about Lady Bird too was that the music in the movies, like Dave Matthews Band and Alanis Morris, it's like movie music from like five six years ago at the time, but mm-hmm. people were still listening to that shit in two thousand two. Yeah. Like
0: we we talked about Mad Men last week, then that's why I like about Mad Men and stuff It's like people. It's like in the sixties, but they're still dressing like the fifties because you wear old clothes.
1: I'm, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's why I hate Stranger Things and everything it's done for culture because it made, it overdoes the whole aesthetic. And yes. it's like, but yes, that shit was going on at the time, but it's like, if you live in a small town, like Donnie Darko set in a small town and so Stranger mm-hmm. Things. It's like Donnie Darko did a more effective job of looking like a small town in 1988 because it's like, these aren't hip people. Like these are just no. normal middle class, upper middle class, I guess, Americans, like who go to like a, private school like it it's not like they're all i mean they have joy divisions playing at the party and shit like that but that you know
0: even that's like almost like 10 years
1: yeah it 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 really it works a lot better and also we have to remember too that nowadays culture moves so quickly because of the internet it's like Mm -hmm. so things are in and out so fast but back then it's like yeah things could have staying power for like 10 years like you discover Yeah, like Echo and the Bunnyman, like, nine years after the fact. Because it's like...
0: Yeah, you just find it at the record store.
1: Yeah, it's like nothing was telling you what to do or what to like. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. Because I think that is one of the strengths of the movie and why it's aged well, I think,
0: as a movie. Yeah, I actually do think it has aged pretty well. Like, I didn't feel like... Uh, the only thing that aged poorly was the CGI. Yeah, it's um, so cause bad. It looks like The Secret Life of Alex Mack. Um, and then... Girl, choose a better font. What sort I of know. fucking Avatar ass font was I that? I read an used? article
1: that there's three reasons why Donnie Darko failed when it first came out and why, but it had a really weird trajectory as a cult movie because it got popular pretty quickly after it failed. It's not like it mm-hmm. took 10 years for Donnie Darko to be talked about, it was like two years later. People were like, yeah. well, actually, this movie's kind of good. It came out, its release date was like a month after 9 11, mm-hmm. and Columbine had just happened. So it was, like, people did, like, in the trailer, there was the airplane crash. So people were, like, triggered by that. There's the Mm. part where Donnie Darko shoots Frank at the end. Spoiler alert. And so people were, like, "Eh," about that. And then the font is, like, an Arabic font. And apparently Um. distributors wanted Richard Kelly to change it because they were, like, no one wants anything Arabic. Like, anything that reminds us of 9-11 in the movie. And he, like, fought for it, which is, like, dumb. Because it's, like, forget, like, the xenophobia. Like, the font's just ugly. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's just, it's it's a bad, girl, it looks like the fucking Aladdin Game Gear game, like, And it makes no
1: sense, it's like, why is this in the movie? Why? Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of reasons why it failed, but then it, like, weirdly, like, kicked up steam really quickly afterwards.
0: Yep. I mean, this is, like, heyday at DVD, like, everyone buying every DVD ever. Totally.
1: It's cool, I think it's Mm -hmm. one of the last movies, maybe, like, one of the last movies of, like, the 21st century before streaming you know where it really got popular because of word of mouth like people got into Donnie Darko because it was like everyone in our generation saw the movie because some kid at school who thought he was better than everyone else me um was (laughs) like you have to watch Donnie Darko yeah it's like the weirdest movie
0: I miss a movie that people were like came out like I haven't what's the last movie that you could think of that like came out like five years ago that like has word of mouth power nothing that nothing it happens so fast and then you forget about the movie because
1: letterboxd and like social media and twitter and all that it's like pe- the movies live very largely even small movies like will get such fanfare from the movie loving community that it's like it's mm-hmm. it's talked to to death by the time it's been out for like a year
0: well like girl remember, remember the call me by your name year where it's like oh my God. it premiered in sundance and it was like and. It didn't even come out in theaters until December, but it was like every New York gay, every film gay had already seen it and was like over it by the time 95% of the people got to see it. Totally. Like I did, this is an incredibly embarrassing story about me, um, but I did an improv show in like late December 2017, exclusively about Call Me By Your Name. And before we started, we were like, who here has seen Call Me By Your Name? And no one raised their hand. And we were like, who here has heard of Call Me By Your Name? And no one raised their hand. And this movie was out in theaters already.
1: That's so weird. In Austin,
0: Texas. This was an improv show, like, in fucking Beaumont. This was in Austin. And no one liked us. It was, like, a show that you had to be voted upon, and we got zero votes.
1: No! (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's really funny that you say that, though. As we were saying, like, oh, everyone was over, call me by your name, by the time it was, like, nominated for Oscars. I actually think the rest of the world, and I'm about to start sounding, like, a little, like, pretentious, but I think it's true when it comes to, like, movie people. It's like, we... Are on the forefront We're like Ready for whatever's coming out And then, mm-hmm. you get, then you have to see What the rest of the world Does with it afterwards yeah. I do think Call Me By Your Name Was a movie that had Like a slow Kind of like build up Because Timothee Chalamet Became more of like A heartthrob With mm-hmm. girls Like after the movie And now I actually see The movie talked about More in mainstream culture Than it was When it came out
0: Well man l- 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 I mean Lil Nas X Right the song is called Call Me By Your Name Right It that's a really great example,
1: and I yeah. think Lady Bird similarly. It was like Lady Bird was the it movie, and then I feel like a year after the movie came out, that's when I started hearing like random people from like work being like, "Oh my god, have you seen Ladybird? It's so good!" Like we do have to remember that movies trickle, you know, because it's like yeah. not everyone's a movie person; they don't give a shit. So like they're not, they don't care. They're just about gonna watch yeah, well, the this like- on Netflix. Yeah, that's the thing. it's on Netflix
0: a couple of weeks ago, probably like a couple of months ago, like the impossible that like Naomi watched tsunami no movie, was like the number one movie on Netflix.
1: Weird. Yeah.
0: Why? And it's just like, cause Netflix promoted it. And it's like it, it people that like watch I mean, people who aren't like fucking movie psychos that have like a 24 notifications turned on, like they turn on Netflix and it doesn't, the movie didn't come out in 2011. It came out now cause it's on Netflix. Cause That's a really good point. Like Donnie Darko. Netflix is a time loop. <laughs> There is no beginning oh, nor end. It is on Netflix. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Donnie Darko. Um, Richard Kelly really has realized that the only lasting thing he's ever made in his entire life, unfortunately, is Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Um, he, in the last five years, has done a 4K release, a UHD release. It's been really released in theaters. There was like a remaster done of it. He's like released like limited edition. Donnie Darko box sets that I didn't get my hands on, and they're all worth two hundred dollars now on eBay, and I'm really Ugh, upset about it because it's my mm. favorite fucking movie, and I deserve <laughs> to have it with the director's Correct. cut. I don't want the original. The director's cut.
0: Anyway. Someone buy it for us, any fans? Please. Um, please, um
1: But here's the gag: he's been talking about for years about doing a sequel, which is just like, why? Like that's oh, that's don't. a straight people movie. Why, dude? Yes. You this don't need movie to movies don't need, need sequels. Sequel. It doesn't. No. It's
0: fine. It is a perfect it's a circle. It's it, it's perfect already right. not perfect, but it's like it doesn't need to be don't break the circle. Will the Story circle be unbroken wise, no. it's,
1: Quote perfect because it has a beginning yes. and an end that's
0: looped and it's like and that's the movie. It's mm-hmm. like what's the
1: movie gonna be about? What happens after he
0: died? Like I don't yeah, get the, it. It's gonna be him they're trying to unsmush him or something? What are you talking about? The thing
1: is I could see Jay Jon Hall go working on the project because I you know, it was kind of like you know, he he's talked lovingly about the movie since then, and I know yeah. Beth Grant has too. We'll talk about <laughs> this Queen. Beth Grant later. Miss, but um, miss. but yeah, it's a uh, it's he apparently talked to fucking James Cameron of all people, of course, in 2010, and James Cameron was like, "Oh, I was really unsettled by the ending because he is an idiot," and uh, <laughs> Richard Kelly was like, "Oh, I'll explain it," and, and and James Cameron said those infernal words, "I really think that you should expand on that."
0: Oh, and God. now Richard Kelly
1: wants to expand on it and he's been working on the script for the last 10 years and, a, and as of this year he apparently has like a script together for a Donnie Darko sequel
0: I'm imagining they're going to like show behind the footage behind the scene footage of it and it's going to be like Drew Barrymore like in a pool covered in like CGI dots or whatever motion capture dots and she's like Donnie Darko too coming soon well
1: because here's the thing about Richard Kelly is like we saw what happens when you give him a budget with South Tales and with the boss <laughs> too and it's just like Donnie Darko works because I think he was restrained by budget and by, like, the choices he had, like, let go of, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, I don't think he understands that it's not really the story or anything like that that people respond to, I think. It's, like, it's the aesthetic, it's the tone, the weird tone, the humor, Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's, like, about teenage angst, and it, like does a really cool balancing act, I think, with the movie where it's a teenage angst and it like, kind of makes fun of it but also takes it seriously at the same time. Yeah. I think that's why people responded to it. I don't think it's because everyone's like, ooh, like the alien superhero universe of Darko. What's that all about? It's like no one cares.
0: No. No one, fuck, no one gives a shit. Um, it's been said many times, many ways. You have your whole life to make your first movie in 18 months. To make your second one. Just fucking... It's fine. You don't have to do it. You don't. don't you don't have to go back. You don't have to put the genie back in the bottle. You don't have to go back to the well.
1: The problem is that Donnie Darko fans, I think, do want the sequel. Like, I do uh, think that, y'all like... Y'all got... What's S. Darko? Oh, so S. Darko was a directed DVD sequel that was made against Richard Kelly's will. And the only people involved in the movie were one of the producers and Dave Chase, who played Samantha Darko. Uh, gotcha. Is in it. And apparently it's horrible. I've
0: never seen it. I refuse. Yeah, but no. Apparently it's bad. Ugh. Ugh. You know what? Why... Do straight people like this movie. Um, I think this is a category of movie that um, is very popular, which is called a mind fuck movie. Yeah. Movie that makes your mind go, what the fuck? And I think another like good sister movie with this is Primer.
1: Made by notorious um, abuser Shane Carruth.
0: Yes. Shane Carruth is canceled. He's a bad person. Um, but... Primer is a movie that I feel like is much more successful than Donnie Darko uh, because it's, like, it, it over-explains oh, its gosh, math and it logic sure and shit. To, it's, like, it is the what I said about um, uh, Christopher Nolan where it's, like, the absolute value. Can you tell that I'm in, like, math classes right now? Um, it's the absolute value of Richard Kelly where it's, like, he explains so much to where it's confusing. And I love it. I love Primer. It's so
1: interesting because I feel like And Primer... I fucking
0: love... Upstream Color too. I do like, love Upstream Color. Girl. I have to admit, it, I was at the but... I was at the premiere of that shit, bitch, and me and a friend of the pod, um, I'm going to use his Twitter handle, Nick Hanover, uh, got into a very big screaming match about that movie, uh, in the streets of Austin. It was very fun.
1: See, it's so interesting that you like Upstream Color because I feel like it shares a lot with Donnie Darko, except, <laughs> that, except that Upstream Color takes itself very, 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 very seriously and has no yes. sense of humor at all.
0: Yes. Uh, I will. I think. Look, as long as it can like maintain a tone, it doesn't matter if it's incredibly self serious. Then I will. That's a good. It. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I do agree that this is our first mindfuck movie, which is a very specific type of straight. I think subgenre, and mm. the one that I fall into. You know, I think that all gays have their straight tribe that they don't know they subscribe yes. to, but they do. <laughs> And I think movies and music are the best way to kind of like gauge that. It's like yeah. some people love bro comedies. Like I know lots of gay guys that are like, they love the mans of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you got the okay. gays that are like into superhero movies. Quite a few of them, actually. Uh, <sighs> Won't well, shut up about Marvel. It's like I already have enough mm-hmm. straight people blabbing to me about Marvel all the time anyway. I don't need I don't need it with it a lisp. Yeah, I don't need it with a lisp. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> and I think for me. I fall into and all the other faggots I follow on Twitter and on Instagram <clears throat> that we all and the, you know before I was in a relationship that we would all like fucking date each other. We're the kinds of <clears throat> gays that fall into the mind fuck camp where it's yes. like we watch something like this or like Black Swan being like the kind of gay a gayer version of this or any movies like that we're like oh my god like or it makes no sense and it's so cool.
0: Fucking I mean movie club alum Coherence, coherence, which um, that needs wait, to
1: be elevated, ma'am. I love Coherence. That's a great fucking movie. Um, the waking lives of the world. You know the yes. David Lynch. Lots. You know the gays that are very into David Lynch. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. that's that's a Johnny Darko mm-hmm. gay. You know, it's so. Yeah, I think that mind mind fuck movies. We all see all sorts of different kinds of movies when we're kids, right? Especially when you're a budding cinephile. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think if you respond to something like Johnny Darko, and it's probably one of the first Mindfuck movies you'll probably end up seeing, that's, you're gonna go down the trajectory of getting into Lynch, and then you get into, like, Jodorowsky, and then you, like, really get into, like, the real weirdo shit, you
0: know? Although, I, me and, me and Alex watched, uh, The Holy Mountain a couple weeks ago. I fucking love that That movie. That movie, it's so great, I was like, man, that last hour... She's slow. She real slow. Yeah,
1: it is slow. It's also really? a really it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Like that movie makes me feel uncomfortable. Yes, I think because like it's sh- like kind of like a call out post of a movie. Because I feel like Yodorovsky, like the whole movie is him criticizing. I mean, a lot of things, but he's really criticizing like drug users. Like I feel like yes. the last hour is <laughs> like, yeah, you think you're gonna see God if you do shrooms? You're not, and you're a fucking idiot, and you're a to capitalism. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. And, it may, and I watched it when I was like 21, and I was like, oh my God, Yodorowski thinks I'm a fucking idiot. And he's right, like,
0: I am. <laughs> he's right, yeah. <laughs> His, that documentary, Yodorowski's Dune, is so fucking. I good. need to watch that still. I heard it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. Watch it before the new Dune comes out. Um, I can't wait. Uh, we gotta talk about Mad World. All around me are familiar faces, worn out. We yeah, talk talked about it yeah Garrett the, Jules's mad cover of Tears for Fears Mad World it's
1: honestly probably bigger than the movie at this point I think that like oh, yeah. people know this song and I think a lot of people might not even know where it comes from and they and I think it's more famous than the original
0: well you know why I think that is because, and it's, this is the localist thing is that it was very 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 famously covered by Adam Lambert on American Idol all oh, around me are familiar faces worn out oh of- I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yes, that was one of his. That was his big like. He was already like in the top twelve or whatever. But like whenever he did Mad World, it was like, "Oh mama, time has stopped." Oh, I love that. I Adam Lambert is a Donnie Darko gay. I know he's <laughs> in my camp. I love that. <laughs> uh, I like Adam Lambert. I think he has some good songs. I not familiar. He does that song. If I had you, dun, 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 dun. that's a good song. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a lost kind of gay that I'm like kind of obsessed with. Like I miss like very local like gays that would like dress up and like Well, it's, it's very glam. Joey J energy. It's very, oh, he's big Joey J energy. Like loves Pink, uh, loves Demi. Yeah, <laughs> like Demi, Pink, Avril. Would, oh, Avril, yes. I would give anything to be a local gay. How I know, I it that? sounds so much more fun. It sounds so easy and so much more fun. Please. <laughs> Every every day I wake up and I wish God took away my ability to read. Yet here we are. Um, but Mad World, I mean, I love it. I loved it when it was on Vine. It was a very big Vine meme. Oh, was
1: it? Did you know that it also was oh, used yeah. in Riverdale too?
0: Of course it was. <laughs> yeah, they sing it on Riverdale.
1: So now it's got staying power with the Zoomers, and yeah. not and not just Zoomers, not just uh, um, Riverdale, but like I mean, I know no one cares about this band but me. But let's eat Grandma's iconic final track.
0: Yes, on. ma'am. I'm
1: all ears. Their best song, Donnie Darko. What a, what a tune. What a tune.
0: <laughs> I fully, um, every time I listen to It's Not Just Me, I'm fully that that picture of the girl laying in her driveway when it's pouring rain, looking straight up. So good. Uh, it God, That album. It's great. It's a Incredible. great album. I think
1: it's the best music made by Zoomers thus far.
0: Correct. Just throwing it yes. Uh huh. Listen to that new girl or some of that Girl in Red album. Y'all. You know, what the fuck is wrong with you no. listen to real music yeah i'm sorry no um, um no
1: but yeah i think that like yeah donnie darko it yeah it it's it's and, and of course it's a meme too let's not forget about the meme no so oh, like
0: yeah. oh it's quoted did ridiculous. you make a new friend
1: real or make, mm-hmm. instagram instagram <laughs> you know it's like
0: that i think uh why are you wearing that stupid money suit why are you wearing that stupid um human suit Man suit, um, actually. Sorry, a oh, man suit. Sorry, man I, suit. I, I
1: know that quote verbatim because I had a shirt in high school that I would wear a lot that said that on it <gasps> that I bought from Hot Topic.
0: Beautiful. I know, absolutely beautiful. Isn't that gorgeous? I was. I had this. I will cut this part out. Who cares? But um, I was looking on Block Party's website the other day, and I, they had this shirt that says "God Bless Block Party," and I fully blocked that block B L O C it out of my memory that I had that shirt in high school. And I would give anything to find it.
1: I had so many good shirts in high school. I had a really oh, dope so. animal collective shirt with bees on it.
0: Oh, I hell had yes. this
1: really sick Radiohead shirt. I had a really sick, um, taking back Sunday shirt where it was like, Oh a, Mama, yes. a, uh, The mic cables around your neck with blood splattered on them because he oh, famously yes. would like wrap the mic around him, like the cable and then like hit people in his band on the head. Cause it was like, yes. You know, um, I
0: love that So good. Uh, oh. I have, I think that neon Bible shirt that you had. Mm. I also have that. Yeah. I still wear that. Um, I still wear that oh, shirt. That's, that's like the shirt. only
1: one that made it, like, I, that I still own. I don't know. Like, yeah. all the other ones ran away, but I oh. still have that Arcade Fire shirt.
0: Man, I used to have this. It was a Samstown era killers. Oh. Texas Tour shirt. Oh. It was so major. Sam, um, Samstown, what
1: an underrated record.
0: Truly what an underrated. I mean, Read My Mind. Oh. perfect great song. song. Perfect song incredible song um we digress <laughs> um I mean, it
1: makes sense we're talking about Johnny darko i feel like it makes sense to talk music. about 2000s indie rock too
0: exactly because that's all influenced for the 80s um so
1: we i feel like we've been putting it off the whole episode because we had to wait yeah. till we got to the gay section what makes we had sense to wait, we and gay? we're here
0: and i'm we're ready here. to
1: talk about one of the most iconic characters i think in a movie ever
0: truly new we need to put her up with amy gaipa as friend of the pod Beth Grant. Beth Grant. I mean... Beth Grant, give it up.
1: Her performance as Kitty Farmer has got to be one of the campiest, greatest supporting character turns ever. It's so it's good. Incredible. And we all know that woman.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. She is 100% familiar. Uh, what does she say about... Oh, she's I like, know all of her lines. Give it to me. Where she goes, We all watch Bonanza. Is that what it? Is? So <laughs> I there, think that's... Not... She,
1: so, okay. Yeah. So, Miss Thang, Miss <laughs> Darko says... Kitty, do you even know who Graham Greene is? And she goes, oh, "I think we've all seen
0: Bonanza." Beautiful. That was never <laughs> that movie. Whenever she clicked in for me, I was like, "Oh bitch, oh bitch." <laughs> oh
1: my god! Or when she says, "I'll tell you what he said." He said to forcibly insert the exercise card into my anus. <laughs> uh,
0: um. <laughs> Literally every just, word that comes out of her every, fucking
1: mouth in that movie is iconic.
0: Everything. Um behind the scenes me pitching just came up to this idea at the end of the year can we please do an award show uh because she is front runner for best supporting actress right now
1: oh totally i love her in this movie She's incredible I, it's really truly like i i like can't tell you how much i love her in this movie it's really <laughs> like I, she's an icon like honestly at this she's point legend. it's like she says all this like terrible shit and i'm like you go girl yes you go, bitch girl. you tell what's them what's that
0: tweet that's like a, a woman does some psycho shit and her gays are like work
1: oh yeah exactly i will do yeah. anything for miss kitty farmer we love um, her um literally oh god
0: oh my <laughs> um, god another gay thing about this movie even though i did shit on her earlier drew barrymore truly is if you've ever seen her snl sketch where she plays one of the people in the lover's hot tub that's <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I just... David, what? don't be alarmed by the professor's cloth. And I remember myself when I first met mm, Raj yes. and Verge at the uh, mm. university. We had taken a camping trip to the Grand Canyon. Yes. After a supper of jackrabbit haunches, we laid out beneath the stars. Somewhere in the distance, we heard the pounding of native drums. Mm-hmm. I love that one. With Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everyone breaks the whole time. This gets like eight minutes long. It's so good, and uh, it's incredible. She talks like this with an accent.
1: Yeah, she she thought I'm a grad, like teacher, like English teacher at a private school. I should talk like
0: this. I should talk like, oh, and her hair, her whole everything about her. She's giving us nothing, but she's giving us everything. Oh I love God. her, love her, and then oh girl. Girl. Girl.
1: The best scene in the movie. Girl. The best scene in the movie. The best scene in the movie. The best scene. By far, the great... And that's what's funny. I think watching the movie, the best parts of the movie, and this is why I think I like the director's cut more because there's more of them, but the side characters really are the best parts of Johnny Darko and Mm -hmm. the scenes. Oh, And I love Mary McDonnell in this movie. I think she does actually a really great job playing Donnie's mom. She, like, gives you very, like... She's different than the other women in this town. She, like, reads Stephen King. She's, like, with
0: it. The way that she, like, holds it, like, she's, like, on the edge of a surfboard. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Like, in her opening scene, she's holding it in one hand and then she has, like... Her hand's sticking out. It, like, looks like she's truly hanging ten. There's little so moments of
1: acting, physical acting, that she does in this movie where it's, like, the part where, like, she's trying to tell Donnie, like, what's up at the beginning. She's like, did you toilet paper at that house? And then he's, like, not giving her anything. She just turns around and she just puts her hand up in the air, like, flimsily. Like, very, like, ugh. Like, I don't have time for this. Like, <laughs> it's just very, like, flowy. And also, <laughs> there's a scene, too, where, like, there's a... They're, like, redoing their house, and they're like looking at their like remodeled kitchen and she's like with her friend and she turns around and does a full model strike pose with a glass of wine in her hand. And I'm like, this bitch is everything to me.
0: That needs to be our new header on Twitter. Um... Oh my God,
1: it's so good. Yeah, I'll, I'll find a <laughs> picture of it. Um, iconic part of the movie that no one cares about with me. I mean, just really the acting she does. But, but like I could go on and on, but the, the, the scene where two giants meet. Truly. Two giants of character acting.
0: Two queens enter, one queen leaves.
1: Patrick Swayze, spoiler alert. He's a kitty porn pervert, okay? Mm-hmm. But Miss Thing, Miss Kitty Farmer, she loves him. She loves him to death. So she's like, I can't take our children to Star Search in L.A. This is the dance team. Sorry, I, I guess we haven't talked about this movie at all, because I'm like, well, No, we better talk about this movie. <laughs> we barely talked about this movie. So, you know, there's a dance team. You know, Donnie Darko's little sister's in it, and so is Beth's uh, Kitty Farmer's child Beth. Whatever, anyway. She can't go. None of the the other moms are available. She wouldn't dream. She wouldn't dream of asking her out of all the moms. (laughs) Okay. But she has no other choice. Her hands are tied. She's got to start the Jim Cunningham defense team. Okay. (sighs) And then Mrs. Darko says, I don't know. It's a bad weekend, Kitty. And Kitty says... Sometimes, I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion.
0: Beautiful. That should be, you know, in the Oscars, whenever they play like Citizen Kane when he drops the snow globe and then like whenever Cary Grant's running from the airplane mm-hmm. and North by Northwest, put that in the reel.
1: That belongs in the montage. Put it that in the montage. And Naomi Watts uh, masturbating while crying in Mulholland Drive.
0: <laughs> and Naomi Watts going, fuckabees huckabees
1: and the <laughs> iconic i Heart huckabees if, if any of you y'all listen to our pod on the regular and you haven't watched i heard huckabees yet
0: please please what we should just do an episode and just lie yeah it's honestly a, it, it's a gay movie though it's a gay movie i mean we said we were going to occasionally do gay movies maybe like every 20 movies we'll do a gay movie and the first one can be i Heart huckabees
1: yeah there we go i like that oh, idea yeah. we
0: that. can just do all yeah. of
1: our gay recs but yeah i Damn. um yeah, I mean, there's nothing much more to say. Kitty Farmer, every line that comes out of her mouth is is pure gold. Also, Ashley Tisdale is there, and so is Seth Rogen. I was
0: just about to say that. Yeah, Ashley Tisdale. You know who else is in there who goes up after Ashley Tisdale because Ashley Tisdale goes up to the stage to uh, talk to Patrick Swayze or whatever? That is the older brother on iCarly.
1: No, it's not. Yes, ma'am. Because I never watched iCarly, so that's, uh, funny. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm like, very young. So, there's so many like, random like people in the movie, but... Oh, here's I got you. This is why you should watch the director's cut. Ashley Tisdale's little scene is longer in the director's (gasps) cut.
0: Oh, now that entire
1: sequence of the, like the him speaking at the school is way longer in the director's cut, and it's perfect. It's so good. Okay. I was so mad watching it this time. I was like, no, the scene is so good. And they're rushing right through it. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, Jay John Hall, you know, he does the best he can with the material. But, like, yeah. the part where he calls Patrick Swayze the Antichrist is truly one of the best, like, mic drops.
0: That's <laughs> great. It's really great. It's great. <laughs> I love uh.
1: it. But, yeah, and Seth Rogen saying, I like your
0: boobs. <laughs> Jenna Malone. <laughs> wow. I love that this is our second Seth Rogen movie.
1: What else was he in? Anchorman? He is
0: an anchorman. Oh, yeah. He's a cameraman.
1: So, yeah, so now we've had two Seth Rogans, two Robin Wrights. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds pretty straight. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty
0: straight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're getting over to our favorite section of the week. This is our Gay Recommendation Corner, where we talk about a movie that whenever you watch Donnie Darko, you're like, man, I wish this were a little gayer. I know Beth Grant's doing it for me, but it's It's still not not gay gay enough. enough. Um, I brought a movie. This was really hard because, like, I think for better and for worse, Donnie Darko is a very singular movie. It is. It is a very singular movie. So it's hard to make comparisons. But I went over to my my bookshelf to look at my my Blu-rays and it popped out of me. I was like, oh, of course. Um, So I'm recommending it's the moody movie that has a very gray color palette and questionable CGI. And it follows a young person wondering if the figure that they are talking to is real or not. And that movie, of course, is Personal Shopper. (laughs) <laughs> oh my
1: God, <laughs> Dylan!
0: And if you're like, man, I want Jenna Malone in a movie, but more lesbian. It stars Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart.
1: you know Kristen Stewart really jacked Jenna Malone's career from her. Name oh, she
0: right? should. Sure, you know Jenna Malone has a once again she has a uh, has a bust of Kristen Stewart in her house, which is full of cigarette holes.
1: It's so funny how Jenna Malone was in like every indie movie in the 2000s, and then she just disappeared. Eight El Fanning and the Neon Demon and then just disappeared
0: again. <laughs> Honestly, that's the career I want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, watch Personal Shopper. if you, uh, Olivier I say yes. I can never do it. Olivier
1: I say yes. God, that, uh, that is a great movie. I love Personal incredible Shopper. Incredible movie. And it's, it's kind of like Donnie Darko, though, and where it has a very weird tone.
0: Yes, not, it has an incredibly weird tone. It's not tone. like Donnie Darko,
1: where it's like coming of age meets comedy meets horror sci-fi. It's more like, ghost movie meets <laughs> realism meets yeah. like Hollywood fashiony,
0: yeah like ho- Parisian I, Hollywood fashion it's a, and it's, it's a lot a of it's just cell phone yeah and, and a lot of the
1: movie's on a cell phone and, and it works it's probably the most compelling use of texting I've ever seen yes. in
0: a movie yes incredible movie a good sister movie with Clouds and Sills Maria which is more like that's more fun movie Personal Shopper is more of a, of a downer
1: we own it on the Criterion Oh uh, hell. yeah! I don't have Blu-ray. Personal Shopper.
0: I do have Summer Hours. That's the other SISN movie I have.
1: I've never seen that one. Uh, if
0: yeah. You want to see Juliette Binoche in a bad wig talk about art? Me and Huzi uh,
1: love Personal Shopper though. I actually, I mean, I know that like Kristen gets all of the attention for her performance in uh, Clouds, but I mm-hmm. actually think she's very, very good in Personal Shopper. It's probably my favorite yeah. performance of hers.
0: Yeah, I, I think Kristen's actually she's very good in the Clouds of Maria. But I, I, as much as she is my nemesis. Chloe Grace Moretz in that movie is incredible. She's
1: like the, only, that's like the only good performance she's given yes, other than Kick-Ass. correct.
0: Correct. And her on 30 Rock. She's very funny on 30 Rock. She plays Alec Baldwin's Nemesis. Oh, wow. And she has the best, she's like in high school and she's like, last night for dinner, I had fruit roll-ups at a strip club. Um, and it's that's, iconic. I fucking, I love her in that. She's so good. Um but yeah, personal shopper. It's on Criterion. Um, it's very good. It'll. It has a fantastic final line. Um, the way it. It has a great ending. Fantastic ending.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie. I love it's the ending. Great movie. Ending. Yeah, it's
0: got a very ooh like ooh ending. You're like okay. You're like okay. That was a that was a film. That was a film. Ooh, I love art. Uh, cinema. Cinema. Watch, am I in? Am I in Cannes right now? Oh my god, bitch! Bitch, am I at the Riviera? So, my,
1: <laughs> my movie is something that I don't like as much as Donnie Darko, but I definitely think it, it probably is influenced by Donnie Darko and shares a lot of similarities. It is a indie Canadian movie called Hell yeah. Closet Monster.
0: Yes, ma'am. It came I have out in, not seen this, but I love the yeah, title. Yeah,
1: it's, it, it came out in 2015 or 2016, and i just looked up the director actually stephen dunn he's about he's working on a reboot of queer as folk right now so he's a a a gay voice we should be paying attention to Mm -hmm. um stars an openly gay young actor which is like also very cool you know you don't see that as often as we we should and it's a movie about a kid who talks to his hamster it's like a teenager who talks to his hamster and the hamster is voiced by isabella rossellini
0: bitch shut the fuck up i'm dead serious Shut up And his
1: dad's like a mechanic or something And he's like very bro-y And he's like dealing with like his sexuality It's a very classic coming of age gay movie But it's it. also very strange Very surreal Has like arty, surreal sequences Set to music a la Donnie Darko And actually I went to mention this Donnie Darko was kind of one of the first movies To really do that Like the whole kind of music video Montage moment in
0: a movie Okay yeah I'm thinking like right? Uh well I like Boogie Nights.
1: Yeah, but I feel like Boogie Nights will it like it's in the background, but people will be like talking.
0: Yeah. But like so it's like, like full like, on a like full
1: on sequence of like him going through school and it's to a song. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like this Miss Xavier Dolan and all the queer filmmakers <laughs> saw that. That is what they saw in Donnie Darko and went, I don't care for the rest of this, but that
0: <laughs> stays. I did just make Alex watch mommy. Um, oh, so good. So it's on Tubi right now same way so you can watch Donnie Darko you can just go straight on over to watch Mommy you want another movie yeah. about a, a troubled teenager there you go
1: Mommy works too
0: <laughs> Mommy works <laughs> yeah, too mommy. I think, haven't we suggested it already though we suggested Mommy before but I think we have can, but yeah Closet Monster
1: is really fun it's not a perfect movie by any means but you know he hallucinates and it's a, it's an interesting mm-hmm. movie where you kind of take the whole coming of age gay story and you really externalize it into kind of a more hallucinatory experience so I think it's okay. a really fun watch um, and a, a hamster has the voice of Isabella Rossellini mean like what more? I do
0: mean you want. iconic. That's... Do you follow her on Instagram? She's a very good Instagram. No, I, I'm gonna do. It highly right now, suggest. Actually. Highly, highly, highly suggest. All right. Well, we have reached the end of our episode. This was Donnie darker. This was fun. Yeah, that was interesting. It was. It was like I feel like this is better than our Wayne's World episode. Um, I actually I um, liked our Wayne's World episode. That was fine. That was good. I think I like this one. I think someone. we have a tough
1: time talking about comedy because I think both World* comedies. and *Anchorman* were weird episodes. They're weird episodes, and, and you know I don't want to speak for all our fans, um, but I did yes. have a couple of people like are, are very split on the *Anchorman* episode. I had one friend that said it was one of his favorites, and he liked that we kind of like went off about other things. And then I had another friend that didn't like that it wasn't as focused on the movie.
0: Oh, sorry. This I mean... one,
1: this one was kind of weird. I feel like we we it was a balancing act. This one we were kind of talking yeah. about the movie, but not.
0: Yeah. We were having a, a fun time. Yeah. We were, yeah, we were. I mean, all around I'm us are familiar faces. Most
1: people listening to this episode have probably seen Donnie Darko. Based yeah. on our listeners, yeah. so yeah, it's not like you don't want us to just recap the whole plot for you or anything like no, that. No, like, you've seen it already. But yeah, like what Donnie Darko means culturally. Yeah,
0: you've seen the movie, you haven't heard the podcast about it. So there mm-hmm. we go. Um, my name is Dylan. and You can find me on Instagram and at, on Letterboxd at Gar-seed, and then at Twitter at Dylan Garcia. And also you should at um, Cinephile Game on Twitter and be like, we want to see straight movies play.
1: Yes, please. And my we name will is- shout you out if you do it. Yes, please, 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 please. My name is Kirk Van Sickle. You can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd and Twitter at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. And that's our Darko episode. We're going to go back mm-hmm. to our regular programming next week
0: yes talking about uh, oh I'm very oh I'm excited for the next episode this will gonna be fun yeah I, we're I talking think about someone it. we haven't talked about yet who is like a staple in the straight a community staple
1: straight director and a staple film just period
0: oh yeah this is a, a it's up there it's honestly multiple scenes that could be in an Oscar reel
1: yep and probably are
0: probably actually are yeah, <laughs> so. alright well y'all take care rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and we love you bye bye you now came talk 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 <laughs>